You are listening to the Hot Tip Bets Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Hot Tip Bets Podcast. Um, we had quite an exciting you know, Christmas weekend. There was some great NFL football action. You got some college bowls going on. And as always, we got the college basketball season kicking off in full swing. Um, with many conferences already starting conference play, um, the ones who haven't getting ready to start this week and next. So let's get into it. Um, this is going to be the last week here where we only have one podcast here for uh, over Christmas and New Year's and whatever. So next week we should be back to the normally scheduled podcasts on Tuesday and Friday. But before we get into this week's podcast, let's take a little bit look um, back at the week that we had in college basketball um, as far as our betting picks go. We ended up going 7-6 and six, um, with the picks that we had over the last week. Starting off last Tuesday, I believe it is, December 22nd. The first game we had that day, we had Montana State minus 5 or minus 1.5 um, over Portland. Portland ends up winning that game 62-59. to 59. Um, You know, Portland just looked really good in that one. Eddie Davis um, puts up a double-double for Portland, first of his career there um, with 19 points and 10 assists. You know, Portland is really out-rebounded. Montana State was kind of the deciding factor in that game. Portland 42 rebounds compared to Montana State's 31. And, you know, that was the second time we've been on Montana State here recently. Um, they just haven't played good enough for us. You know, they've been in both the games we bet on them. Actually, they really weren't in that Washington State game, to be quite honest. But, you know, just not, not as good of a team as I quite thought they were. Um, but the next game we had, we had Texas Tech versus Oklahoma. Texas Tech came into this one. Um, as one point favorites, we actually had, we had Oklahoma plus one, um, is the better way to say that. Texas, it was a close one, but Texas Tech ends up winning this game 69 to 67. Oklahoma did get it close at the end. It was a um, good Big 12 showdown to watch, you know. But Terrence, Terrence, Terrence Shannon Jr. for Texas Tech, um, had a great game. 21 points he scored for them. And, you know, Texas Tech was just shooting the ball better than Oklahoma in this one. Shot the ball 49.1%, uh, field goal percentage, uh, compared to Oklahoma's 40.7. So, Gets us up to two losses uh, on Tuesday. But after that game, it kind of started to turn around. Um, with this next one especially, we had Drake minus 13 versus North Dakota. Now, Drake wins this game easily, 88 to 55. And this Drake team, um, we ended up betting on them <laughs> two more times on this card. But this Drake team has just been a great team um, to watch all around this season. But, you know, um, Shaquan Helper, Hill uh, scores 19 points and 7 rebounds for Drake. And Drake just shot lights out um, from 3 in this one, 61.5% from 3. Notre, uh, North Dakota struggled to hit anything from 3, only 16.7%. So Drake starts out the season 11-0. Pretty sure they're also 11-0 against the spread. So this Drake team has been a fun team to watch, no doubt, so far this season. Um, moving on, the next game we had on Tuesday, we had Louisville minus 1 versus Pittsburgh. Louisville ended up winning this game 64 to 54. Uh, David Johnson and Samuel Williamson for Louisville both put up double doubles in this game. And it really, Pittsburgh just really struggled to pull down rebounds, you know, get second chance opportunities. Only 26 rebounds in this game compared to Louisville's 45. So easy win there for Louisville. Um, taking us to two and two on the day and closing out that day, we had North Carolina taking on NC State. NC State was minus one and a half in this one. Um, NC State ends up winning 79-76, so making it a profitable day at 3-2. Um, Devin Daniels scores 21 points for NC State, um, and NC State just shot lights out from 3, 47.1%. North Carolina really struggled to hit any threes whatsoever, only making 16.7% of their shots um, from beyond the arc. So, good Tuesday there. But moving on, um, two days before Christmas here, 
we had December 31st, Wednesday. We had a three-game card that week day. First game we had was Providence minus one and a half versus Butler. Butler ends up winning this game outright, 70 to 64. Um, you know, Miles Tate had a really good game in this one for Butler. Eight rebounds, seven assists. Um, just all around good game from him. Um, and Butler just shot really well, you know, 29.4% from three. Providence only 15.4% from three. So not a great game for Providence in that one. Um, but the next thing we had on the card, we had Illinois minus three versus, Phil, versus uh, Penn State. Illinois um, takes a, a pretty good lead here at the end of this one, you know, ends up winning 98 to 81. And, you know, Io DeSimne puts up 30 points for Illinois, and Illinois just did a really good job out rebounding Penn State, 36 rebounds compared to Penn State's 25 rebounds. So great game out of Illinois in that one. Um, next thing we had was another Big Ten showdown between Northwestern and Indiana. Northwestern was eight point underdogs in that one. Uh, Northwestern ends up winning outright, seventy four to sixty seven. You know, Northwestern had a great uh, holiday weekend. You know, beating Indiana and then go on and, and beating Ohio State later on Saturday. So they start the season six and one. Kind of a shock to a lot of people, but they you know they just really they really shot better in this game. You know, fifty six percent from the field goal. Indiana only forty eight point one. So good start for Northwestern, no doubt this season. Um, and there was no games on Christmas Eve. Um, at all in college basketball. So moving on to Christmas Day, we had four uh, matchups in the Big Ten. We only uh, were on one of them. We were on Iowa minus seven versus Minnesota. Iowa actually ends up losing this game outright in overtime. They lose um, 102 to 95. Um, and this was just you know a letdown <laughs> across the board for Iowa. You know Iowa needs to play better. They just have no defense right now at all. You know Luca Garza puts up <laughs> 32 points and 17 rebounds in this one. And they still lose. So you can't have those numbers from a player that is your quote unquote national player of the year, um, which we don't need to get back into that. But, <laughs> you know, Iowa just needs to look better if they really want to if they want to get past the first weekend of the tournament, they're going to have to play better basketball than they did in this one. Um, but moving on to the next thing we had, we had one of the bigger rivalries, um, I guess, this season so far in college basketball we had Kentucky versus Louisville. Louisville four and a half point favorites in this one. Um, well, Louisville does get the win in this one, 62 to 59. Not quite enough to cover that spread. You know, this marks Kentucky's worst start since 1911, um, which is absolutely crazy. We'll get into a little bit more of that in later. But, you know, Kentucky just didn't shoot the ball very well in this game. Only 34.5% from the field, while Louisville 42.3%. So Louisville gets the win, but not the cover in that one. Um, and the next game we had on Saturday, we had Illinois minus six and a half versus Indiana. Illinois wins this game outright. Um, and covers the spread 69 to 60. Iota Simney had another great game, 30 points. Um, Kofi Cochran had a, or Coburn, um, had a great game himself too, you know, 15 points and 15 rebounds to get his double double there. Um, and Illinois just out rebounded Indiana very well in this game, 40 rebounds compared to Indiana's 28. So good win for a good Indiana team in that one. Um, now, moving on to Sunday, we see Drake pop back up on this card again, um, and Drake's one of those teams that at this point in the season, I think I've probably bet on them six or seven times, and they've just, they've caught all of them. So at this point, it's basically bet Drake until they don't cover the spread, um, and then we'll reevaluate. But Drake, minus three and a half versus Indiana State, um, the first matchup here we had was on Sunday. They um, win this game pretty easily, 81 to 63, not a huge um, problem for Drake in that one. 
DJ Wilkins puts up 22 points for Drake, and Drake just shot the ball better, you know, 54.1 from the field. Indiana State, 38.8% from the field. Um, and they also out-rebounded him, 37 rebounds to Indiana State's 26. So keep liking this Drake team. Definitely going to see more of them um, as the season rolls on here. Um, and the last game we had on Sunday was UC Irvine versus UC Santa Barbara. We had UC Santa Barbara minus one. You know, and even though UC Santa Barbara, UC Santa Barbara loses game outright, 75 to 56. And even though UC Santa Barbara um, definitely has the better roster, has a lot of transfers, a lot of high recruits on that team, they just didn't look very good in this one or really the next game on Monday, but we'll get into that in a second here. I um, mean, only shooting 12% from three compared to UC Irvine's 42.9. So that takes us to one and one um, on Sunday for that one. But moving on to Monday, it was kind of these uh, plays weren't originally given out on the podcast because it was recorded at that point a week in advance. So it would have been kind of crazy to try and give those out uh, considering these teams played so many games in between. But it ends up being the exact same card as Sunday. We're on Drake again, this time minus four. And we're on UC Santa Barbara at this time plus one, um, which the same results end up happening. Drake covers again, not surprisingly. Uh, A little closer game this time. Drake wins 73 to 66 and really the only thing about this game yeah i got a little closer but you kind of expect that you know um with the second day second game there you know it wasn't it wasn't a huge shock drake looked better in this game but it was just an absolutely crazy camera angle for about the last 10 minutes of the game um for just midway through the second half the the camera just went out the main camera there was no scoreboard there was no time the only way you could see what the time was was um, the camera that they had up in the like corner of the rafters was pointing down. You could see it on the back of the scoreboard or on the back of the uh, backboard up there, you know, with the shot clock and stuff. You could see the time. But that was an absolutely crazy way to watch Drake <laughs> win that one. But it ended up being a good game. So congrats to Drake on that one. Get that cover. Um, then as far as UC Irvine and UC Santa Barbara goes, UC Santa Barbara ends up losing by four. So a little bit closer than the game on Sunday. And they had a chance to hit a late game three. That would have gave us the push in this one, but they don't quite get that one. So end up going one and one in those picks again. And as far as Tuesday's picks, December 29th go, um, as of recording this podcast, um, there was a pick released on Twitter and the website and all social and whatever. So you could have seen that Northwestern plus 11 versus Iowa is what we are on um, yesterday when you're hearing this. But today as I record it and that game has not um, tipped off yet. So definitely check out the website and Twitter to see how that one ended up. But that about wraps it up for an absolutely crazy weekend, crazy week of college basketball. You know, we end up, um, well, it'll depend if we if we lose this game tonight, we'll end up going, I think, 500. Otherwise, currently we are profitable. Um, so definitely take a look at the results on the website to see how that ends up. But moving on to the NFL, surprisingly, the NFL week 16 ended up having a not too bad weekend for us. Um, the first game we were on was the only game we were on on Saturday, that is, was the Dolphins versus the Raiders. We had the Raiders plus two and a half in this one. Um, while the Raiders end up losing on a last second field goal in this one, they only lose by one to so the cover the two and a half. Um, and the Dolphins just, it, it, you, did, what, you don't know what's going on with two and Fitzpatrick. Um, we'll talk about that later in a little bit. But anyway, we get the cover in that one. Um, now, the next game we had on Sunday. We had the Colts plus two and a half versus the Steelers. Steelers end up winning this game 28 to 24. Um, Now the Colts had an early lead in this one. They were looking very good in the first half, but they just, you know, let that lead slip in the second, um, turned the ball over twice. Steelers didn't turn it over at all and kind of just cost them the game. So that one was a little bit disappointing. Probably should have had that one. Um, Definitely one of those games that you would like to have back, but 
We don't cover that one, but we do cover the next one. We got this Panthers plus two and a half versus Washington. Panthers win this 20 to 13. And Washington just didn't really look great in this game. You know, <laughs> Dwayne Haskins was horrible in the game. Ends up getting himself cut the following day. And Washington turned the ball over four times in this game. Um, and just really had no shot at this one really at all whole time. You know, they did keep it close. It was only a touchdown game um, at the end there, but weren't able to pull away with that one. Um, so yeah, that about wraps that up for as far as how we did for the picks that were given out on last week's podcast. Now there were no viewer questions submitted on Twitter for this week, so we're going to go ahead and move right in to a little bit of college basketball news. Um, <clears throat> one of the biggest things, you know, from the weekend, we kind of talked a little about earlier, but we'll get into it a little more here, is Kentucky has their worst start to a season since 1911. They start the season one and six. Um, you know, well, they did had a, they've had a couple close games, you know, played Kansas close, played Louisville close, sure. But this team just does not look very good. You know, the last time a Kentucky team started this bad was before the Titanic sink, you know, before <laughs> World War One and two. So definitely a new thing for a, a Kentucky team. And at this point, one in six, unless they just I, I mean, unless they win the SEC tournament, which is, is a possibility. Sure. Um, you know, they basically have no shot at a tournament um and it's kind of like similar to what we saw last year with north carolina but i would argue that north carolina team wasn't nearly as bad as this kentucky team has shown us through and you know cal just it's just a weird situation all around so not going to be hearing much out of kentucky i don't suspect come march um but one team that i do think we'll be hearing quite a bit out of um come march is gonzaga you know gonzaga was able to put up 98 points against a Virginia team that, you know, main selling point of this Virginia team is their defense. You know, number one defense in the country, basically week in and week out, no matter where you look at. Um, and Gonzaga puts up 98 points. You know, that's the second most points um, that was scored on this Virginia team in the Tony Bennett era. And the, well, the only one that was higher happened in like 2012 or 11 or some, some it was a while ago, you know, it wasn't um, in these recent, you know, number one seeds national championship era, you know, they are the defending national champions still. And, you know, Gonzaga definitely looking like a good team. You know, Gonzaga's strength of schedule um, is, you know, like the number one in the country right now. And it's obviously going to go down a little bit here once they get into the conference play. But at this point, that was kind of the last hurdle, it feels like, for this Gonzaga team. Um, I don't see a whole lot of path to them not going undefeated. Um, I guess it's there, you know, in a certain aspect, but n not a whole lot of chances for them to lose games. Um, but one other team that has been struggling, um, they, you know, this time because of no defense, um, Iowa loses in overtime to Minnesota. And, you know, their defense has just really struggled um, to help them at all this year. You know, Luka Garza put up like 32 points in that game. And they still couldn't come through, you know. They're just not looking like a good defense team. And, you know, when you look at teams that are Final Four contenders and national championship contenders, they're usually teams that are in the top 25 of the, uh, you know, adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency. And without this Iowa team's defense, I just really don't think they will have much shot. Um, they really got to get something to go on if they don't want to see an early exit come March. But who knows? Um, one team, though, <laughs> that we definitely will not be seeing come March is Arizona, and that is because Arizona has self-imposed a postseason ban um, that will take place this year, which um, I guess isn't super shocking. You know, we kind of knew something like this could be coming, 
Um, and while it's not like Auburn, who has no shot at the tournament, you know, this Arizona, Arizona team is a decent team this year. You know, they're not the worst in the country, but it's definitely not, you know, their best season ever or anything like that. So definitely not a huge surprise there, but still something you got to talk about, you know. And the last little bit of college basketball news before we get into some picks here. Um, Keontae Johnson of Florida is officially back on with the team. Um, not playing quite yet. He's um, in a coaching role, um, it appears, at the moment. But good to see him after that scary collapse on the court um, a few weeks ago against Florida State. So definitely will be interesting to see how that all shakes up here as the season continues on. Um, but let's get into some picks for college basketball. Starting off on Wednesday, December 30th, we got SMU minus 8 versus Temple. SMU comes into this game undefeated at 5-0 in the 40th ranked team in the hot tip bet rankings. Temple comes into this game 1-1 on the season and 176 in the hot tip bet rankings. Um, You know, this uh, SMU team has just done a really good job shooting the ball across the board. You know, 37.9% from three, 80% from the free throw line, 55.4% effective field goal percentage. Temple, not quite as good across the board. Um, you know, only 32.4% from three, 74.5% from the free throw line. And really their worst stat here, you know, 40.5% effective field goal percentage. Um, it's, you know, it's hard to win college basketball games when you have your effective field goal percentage is that low. Um, you know, they're just not as efficient. You know, SMU, 32nd in adjusted offensive efficiency and 54th in defensive, while Temple, 108 offensive, one or 208 offensive um, adjusted efficiency and 108 defensive adjusted efficiency. So definitely like the SMU team. You know, minus eight is quite a little bit, to you know, to lay in a game like this, but I think they will take care of business in that one. Um, the next game we got on Wednesday is George Mason taking on UMass. UMass comes into this game as six and a half point favorites. Um, George Mason is two and four on the season, while UMass comes in at two and two on the season. Um, and this UMass team is another team that you know is just doing a good job, not turning the ball over and shooting the ball well. You know, only turning it over on fifteen point three of their possessions. George Mason turned it over on eighteen point two of theirs. Um, and they're also just shooting the ball very well for UMass. You know. 34.3% from the three-point line, behind the line, I guess, um, you know, with a free throw percentage of 54% from the, uh, uh, yeah, 54.3% from the free throw line, uh, while George Mason 29.1 from three, and only um, 54.3, I guess Massachusetts 74% from the free throw line. Anyway, I'm getting these stats <laughs> all messed up for this game. Um, but UMass does look uh, very good. I have liked them um, in the little bit I've seen of them this year, so... Definitely like UMass minus six and a half in that game. And the final game that we got on Wednesday's card, we got Western Carolina taking on Tennessee State, or East Tennessee State, that is. Uh, Western Carolina comes into this game as 157 in the hot tip at rankings and 72 on the season. ETSU 178 in the hot tip at rankings and four and four on the season. Um, and this Western Carolina team has just done, just been a good team on offense, 147th offensive efficiency. Well, East Tennessee, 273 offensive efficiency. Um, they've also just done a good job, you know, not turning the ball over, only 20.2% turning over on their possessions compared to ETSU, um, 25%. Um, and also just shot the ball pretty well, you know, 53.1 effective field goal percentage, ETSU, 44.1 effective field goal percentage. So definitely like West uh, Western Carolina um, getting the points plus three in that game. Keeping things rolling here, we move on. To New Year's Eve, uh, December 31st. The first game we got on this card, we got Arizona taking on Washington. 
Um, Ken Palm has them list Arizona listed as a six point favorite in this one. Um, Arizona comes into this game having played very well in the season, you know, seven and one um, on the season. Washington only one and six on the season. And this Arizona team has just shot extremely well. Um, you know, 38.6 from three with a 53.1 effective field goal percentage. Washington only 25.4 from three um, and only a 44.1 effective field goal percentage. Um, and Arizona, with that, you know, even when they've missed some shots, you know, they had done a very good job of grabbing their own rebounds. You know, 37.6 offensive rebound percentage compared to Washington's only 25.3 offensive rebound percentage. And this Arizona seems just very good on both sides of the ball. You know, 27th in offensive efficiency. Um, 47th defensive efficiency, uh, Washington on the other hand, 147 offensive efficiency, um, 17 defensive efficiency. And while this will be the first game after Arizona announces uh, their self-imposed postseason ban, I don't think that's really going to affect play a whole lot. Um, so I definitely like Arizona taking care of business on that one. Um, the next thing we got on uh, Chris or New Year's Eve, that is, um, is Nevada minus five uh, versus North uh, New Mexico. Um, that minus five is the Ken Palm look ahead line. Um, Nevada comes into this game at six and three. New Mexico's comes in at three and two. You know, New Mexico's had a kind of a crazy uh, season here so far, having to travel all over the place. Um, it's kind of affected their play, um, at least from the stats wise, you know, only shooting the ball 24.4% from three, 66 from the free throw line and 40.3 effective field goal percentage. Nevada, on the other hand, has been playing decently well, you know, 33.3 from three, 72.6 from the free throw line and a 46.5 effective field goal percentage. Um, you know, this Nevada team is really just a better team on both sides of the ball. 144 uh, adjusted offensive efficiency, 123 adjusted defensive efficiency. Um, compared to New Mexico, you know, um, 217 offensive efficiency and 255 defensive efficiency. So I definitely like New Mexico to finish off um, the New Year's Eve card. Moving on to New Year's Day. We got the first game we got, we got UT Arlington um, versus Little Rock. Um, Little Rock is three point favorites, according to Ken Palm in this one. Um, Little Rock comes into this game at four and three, UT Arlington at four and four. Uh, both these teams have played decently average this year. You know, neither team shoot or doing anything lights out for sure. But Little Rock has shot a little bit better, you know. 34.3 from three compared to UT Arlington's 32.5 from three. But one thing that really stuck out to me about this one was the kind of their free throw shooting, you know, 71.3%, which isn't anything astonishing um, per se, but UT Arlington only hitting 60.5. Really hard to win college basketball games when you're having that low um, uh, made free throws, I guess, how you want to say it. And they're just really not a very efficient team on offense at all. You know, only 168 offensive efficiency for UT Arlington compared to uh, Arkansas Little Rock's 107 offensive efficiency. Um, and, you know, Little Rock also has a, a better effective field goal percentage at 53.6 compared to UT Arlington's 45.3. So I definitely like uh, Arkansas Little Rock um, to win that game. Um, the next game we got, though, we got Central Michigan versus Akron. Um Probably end up being a pretty big spread in this one. Kim Palm currently has it at about a 10-point um, favorite towards uh, Akron in this one. Akron has played extremely well so far this season. They come in as the 30th ranked team in the hot tip at rankings. Central Michigan comes in as 262. Uh, Akron 3-1 on the season. Central Michigan 4-4 uh, on the season. Um, and while Central Michigan hasn't shot bad by any means, you know, 69.2% from the free throw line, Akron has shot 86.7% from the free throw line, which 
leads the country um, in free throw shooting. But not only that, Akron also leads the country in two points made, um, 67.2% compared to Central Michigan's 45.2%. And while they've only played four games, so it's not a huge sample size, it's definitely something to look at because this Akron team has been shooting very well. You know, a 60 effective field goal percentage, which is extremely high, um, extremely good shooting uh, compared to Central Michigan's 47.6 effective field goal percentage. Um, you know, this Akron team has just played very well on offense, coming in 95th in the offensive adjusted efficiency um, and 168 defensive. I compared to Central Michigan, 183 offensive, 308 defensive. So this Akron team, while it is a big line to lay for sure um, in a mat game like this, I do like Akron um, to cover the spread in that one. Um, the final play that we got from New Year's Day we got Marshall minus one versus Louisiana Tech. Um, that minus one, obviously, the Ken Palm look ahead line. Marshall comes into this game at six and one, and as the 66th ranked team in the hot tip bet rankings, Louisiana Tech seven and two, and the 104th ranked team in the hot tip bet rankings. Um, Marshall's done a good job shooting the ball, you know, 77.2 from free throw line, 55.3 effective field goal percentage. Louisiana Tech, on the other hand, 66.3. Uh, from the free throw line with only a 50.3 effective field goal percentage. But this Marshall team has done a good job on both sides of the ball. You know, 77th in offensive uh, adjusted efficiency, 90th in defensive adjusted efficiency. Um, Lot Tech, on the other hand, 137 the offensive, uh, 110 defensive. So this Marshall team, we were on them earlier um, a couple of weeks ago, I think. Um, I don't think they won that game. But <laughs> anyway, we're going to be on them again today. Um, definitely like Marshall in that one to close out the New Year's Day picks. Now for Saturday, December, not December, January 2nd, <clears throat> the first game we got, we got Clemson taking on Miami. Kim Palm has Clemson as three-point favorites um, in that one. <laughs> and while most people won't be betting on <laughs> Clemson basketball come Saturday, um, you know, everyone was probably, I guess that game's on <laughs> Friday, not Saturday. But anyway, you know, no, most people aren't going to be looking at Clemson basketball this time of year. They're looking at the football team. But this Clemson basketball team has been one of the better teams in the country. You know, 40th in the hot tip bet rankings. Uh, Miami won a weight in the hot tip bet rankings. But this Clemson defense has just been outstanding. You know, they come into this game as the second-ranked team in the country in defensive adjusted efficiency. I don't know what number one is. I, 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 mean, I would assume it's probably still Virginia. Um, I should have looked that up. But Miami comes in as the 41st-ranked team in adjusted efficiency. Um, and even to say that, you know, this Clemson team is not a bad team on offense by any means. You know, 75th in adjusted offensive efficiency, Miami 99th and adjusted offensive efficiency. Um, and Clemson just shot the ball extremely well also, you know, 34.1 from three, 75.8 from a free throw line and 50.4 effective field goal percentage, while Miami 23.5 from three, 66 free throw um, and a 45.7 effective field goal percentage. But definitely like Clemson to get the job done against Miami in that game. Uh, the next game we got on Saturday, we got Toledo heading to Western, Western Michigan. Um, in a Mac showdown, uh, Kim Palm has that listed as Toledo minus eight. Um, Toledo comes into this game at seven and three in the 124th ranked team in the hot tip bet rankings, Western Michigan two and five and the 238th ranked team in the hot tip bet rankings. Now Toledo, another team that shot very well, you know, 38.5 from three, although Western Michigan, not bad 36.2% from three, but their free throw a little bit better. 76 point, uh, 77.6%, um, from the free throw line for Toledo, Western Michigan only 69.4%. Um, they're not turning the ball over nearly as much, only 17.9. Compared to Western Michigan, it's 20.5. Um, they're really just a better team all around on both sides of the ball. 66 offensive efficiency, which is very good for this Toledo team, and 128 defensive efficiency. Western Michigan, 
Um, not good on offense at all. 275th um, adjusted offensive efficiency. Well, in 223 adjusted defensive efficiency. So definitely like Toledo to win that matchup. Um, and the next one we got, we got Notre Dame taking on Pittsburgh. Kim Palm's got Notre Dame listed as about four-point underdogs coming into this game. <clears throat> Notre Dame comes into this one as the 84th-ranked team in the hot tip at rankings and 3-4 and four on the season. Pittsburgh 89th in the hot tip at rankings and 5-2 and two on the season. Um, you know, this Notre Dame team shot the ball very well, you know, 40.9% from three, 82.2% from the free throw line, while Arizona only, um, not Arizona, sorry, <laughs> Pittsburgh, 31.2% from three and 60.8% from the free throw line. Um, but, you know, this Notre Dame team is really just a better team, I think, all around. You know, while their record doesn't necessarily show it, they have played pretty close in quite a few games this year. You know, coming in as the 26th team in offensive adjusted efficiency, while um, Pittsburgh only comes in as 129th in offensive adjusted efficiency. So I definitely think Notre Dame could probably win this game outright, but taking the points in that one, I think is the safer bet on Notre Dame in there. Um, now moving on, the last play that we got for Saturday, um, accidentally started to spoil it there on the last one, but we got Arizona um, versus Washington State. Arizona comes into this one. Uh, according to Kim Palm, it's eight-point favorites. Now, Arizona will be coming into this one, uh, and so will Washington State, following their games um, on the day before, on Friday. So definitely take a look at how those games end up. But um, so these stats will be a little different. But, you know, Arizona right now is 62nd-ranked team in the hot tip at rankings, Washington State 148. Arizona has been shooting very well, you know, 38.6 from three, 53.1 effective field goal percentage, um, and, you know, 37.6 offensive rebounding. Um, they're just really good on both sides of the ball. 27th, the offensive efficiency, 47th, defensive efficiency. Washington State, while they do come into this game um, undefeated, at least um, as of recording, they're still undefeated. But they're, you know, 249th offensive efficiency. While their defense is pretty good at 52, that offense has really struggled, only making 32% of their threes, only shooting 46.5 effective field goal percentage. So definitely like Arizona um, to take care of business up in Washington and beat both teams. So that'll be the final play for Saturday's card. Moving on to Sunday, um, January 3rd. Uh, first game we got on Sunday's card is a game that really isn't too hard to guess that I'd be taking. <laughs> we got Southern Illinois taking on Drake. Ken Palm has this listed right now. Um, or Southern Illinois, not Illinois. <laughs> Just got to get past that point. But we got Southern Illinois <laughs> taking on Drake. Uh, Ken Palm has this listed as Drake uh, minus 10 in that game. Um, Drake comes into this game undefeated um at 11 and 0 also 11 and 0 against the spread you know southern illinois obviously not a bad team at 7 and 1 but you know this drake team we've been on them five or six maybe seven times i don't know i'd have to go look back at the results for sure for sure at least five times so far this season and they just keep winning games they keep covering games in crazy sometimes ways um and it's one of those teams that at this point I've made so much money off of Drake. I have to just keep betting on Drake until they eventually lose a game. You know, once they lose, or not lose necessarily, uh, but don't cover, um, you know, that first game of the season, you know, we'll reevaluate this Drake team and see see if it's a team that we should keep betting on. But until that happens, um, you just got to keep rolling with Drake. Um, and yeah, just a fun team to watch. Just, just love to see it. So definitely on Drake, you know, it doesn't really... Matter much more than that. They are a good team on both sides of the ball. You know, 60th in offensive efficiency, 104 defensive efficiency. Uh, 
uh, Southern Illinois, 164 offensive efficiency, 168 defensive, or 186 defensive efficiency. But none of that really matters in this one. Uh, on Drake again in that one. So that'll be that play. And the last play we got on Sunday um, for college basketball, we got another <clears throat> Missouri Valley showdown. We got Loyola Chicago taking on Bradley. Ken Palm has Loyola Chicago as minus five in that one. Um, I Loyola Chicago, while they're one of the better teams in the Missouri Valley, um, they're currently 30th in the hot tippet rankings, um, six and two on the season. Bradley 106 in the hot tippet rankings and six and three on the season. Um, but Loyola Chicago shot really well this season, 40% from three, 60.6% effective field goal percentage. Um, while Bradley 30.2% from three and a 47.4 effective field goal percentage. But this Loyola Chicago team is very good on both sides of the ball. 50, um, if 50th in a, a, a adjusted offensive efficiency and 42nd in adjusted defensive efficiency, while Bradley 153rd in adjusted offensive efficiency and 80th in adjusted defensive efficiency. So I definitely like Loyola Chicago um, to finish out the card for Sunday. Um, and that about wraps it up as far as this podcast picks for college basketball go well once we get to monday um definitely check twitter and instagram and stuff and obviously the website to see if there's any plays for those days um i would assume well not assume you can basically guarantee if drake wins their game on sunday i will also be betting them again on monday but kind of wait and see um how those when we got you know with the back-to-back games like we have this season and teams are playing, you know, the same team one day that they are the next day. It's really hard to for me to give out both games in a podcast that far in advance because that's just it's kind of a crazy move based on what we see from them. So definitely take a look at Twitter and Instagram for those picks when they come out. Now for college football, there's not a whole lot going on right now that's not bull related. Um, but one thing that kind of hit the airways <laughs> this past week was the Heisman finalists were announced. Um, four guys are going to be end up going to New York, and that is Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Devontae Smith, and Kyle Trask. Um, now, I can, there is past where I can see all these guys winning. Um, and personally, in my opinion, Devontae Smith, uh, wide receiver from Alabama, is the most deserving of this. You know, his stats are just off the charts um, this year. And while you could say, oh, that's a lot of Mac Jones, sure, it definitely is. Um, but I would argue the fact that a lot of Mac Jones stats are just based on having a great receiver like Devontae Smith. Um, So I think either of those um, two are probably the most deserving. You know, Trevor Lawrence, he didn't really, I mean, while he had a good season, obviously, you know, Clemson, they don't lose the game under him. They only lost one game all season, and it was when he was out. But, you know, he definitely didn't have have an amazing season. I mean, sure, he's 38-1 and or whatever the stat is um, at Clemson as a starter or whatever, but it's... It would be more of a lifetime achievement award or something if you gave it to Trevor Lawrence at this point. I really don't think he deserves it as far as this season goes for college football. Um, and as far as Kyle Trask goes, well, you will have all, I don't know, it feels like on Twitter, I don't know if I just follow a bunch of Twitter Florida fans or what, but it seems like for the last two weeks, ever since the Heisman finals were announced, heck, even way before that, ever, like last month probably, it seems like I've been having all this Kyle Trask for Heisman stuff just popping up. It's everyone wanting Kyle Trask for some reason, but... Um, Devontae Smith is definitely the most disturbing candidate, um, and it'll definitely be nice to see a non-quarterback get it. Um, definitely not just because I am a uh, you know Cardinals fan and think that Jason White was nowhere near deserving of the <laughs> of the Heisman when Larry should have won it, but 
that's beside the point. So definitely hope that it goes to a non-quarterback. It'd be nice to see um, this year. <laughs> um, you know, the bowl season so far has kind of just been whatever. I haven't really paid attention to much. Um, we haven't really had any big bowl games. Um, but speaking of bowl games, let's get into some bowl game picks for this upcoming week. Um, the first bowl game that we got is happening December 30th. Um, that'll be Wednesday. It's the Duke Mayo, Duke's Mayo Bowl between Wake Forest and Wisconsin. Um, Wake Forest comes into that one as nine-point underdogs. Um, Wake Forest, four and four on the season, six and two against the spread. Wisconsin, three and three on the season and two and four against the spread. Um, this Wake Forest team has just done a really good job putting up points this season in the ACC. You know, 37 points per game compared to Wisconsin, only 22.33 points per game. Um, they've also just done a good job moving the ball, you know, 434.38 yards a game compared to Wisconsin's 358.84 yards. Um, and But really the highlight of this Wake Forest team has just been not turning the ball over. Only 0.38 turnovers a game compared to Wisconsin's 1.83 turnovers a game. Um, and while in the year like this, it's really hard to compare teams, um, you know, in separate conferences just because we didn't really have a whole lot of interconference play, especially between the um, the Power 5 conferences. This Wake Forest team just is not nine-point underdogs in this game. You know, I would say they're, you know, closer to like a field goal, you know, probably three-point underdogs at the very most, but definitely not more than a touchdown. Um, so I really I really do like Wake Forest plus the nine um, in the Dukes Mayo Bowl. Uh, the next game, next bowl game we got uh, moving on to New Year's Day. Um, we got Georgia taking on Cincinnati in the Beach Bowl. Cincinnati, seven-point underdogs in that one. Um, Cincinnati comes into this game undefeated. Um, it's 9-0 on the season and 5-4 and against the spread. Georgia, 7-2 on the season and 4-5 and against the spread. Um, while the Cincinnati team basically just cruised through the American, you know, putting up 39.33 points per game. Georgia and the SEC, 33.22 points per game. Cincinnati team just very impressive all the way around. Definitely deserved to get some looks at the college football playoff. Um, you know, four hundred sixty-seven point two two yards per game compared to Georgia four hundred twenty-one point three four yards per game. Um, and for Cincinnati, this is their national championship. You know, um, we saw it with UCF a few years ago when they played Auburn. Um, and I think that was the Peach Bowl, <laughs> ironically enough. Uh, so I guess the Peach Bowls turned into the national championship. Um, but um, this is their, you know, this is their national championship for, for Cincinnati, um, you know, and going 10 and on the season is not any small feat. You know, it's not a, not an easy thing to do, but I really think Cincinnati will take care of business. I think they'll probably win outright in this one. Um, and if you're going to give me seven points, I'm going to take that every day of the week. So I'm taking Cincinnati plus seven in the Peach Bowl. Now moving on first game of the college football playoffs. Um, we got the Rose Bowl taking place at Jerry World um, in Arlington, Texas. But we got Notre Dame plus 20 versus Alabama. Um, Notre Dame comes into this game 10-1 and one, uh, with that only loss coming in the ACC championship. 5-6 uh, and six against the spread. Alabama 11-0 and 8-3 and and against the spread. And now while most people are billing this game as um, a rematch of the... Uh, you know, 2012 or 13. I don't even remember. I think it was 13. <clears throat> to be fair, it's weird because I think it was the 2012 season, but I think it was technically the 2013 uh, national championship, which I don't understand why college football, 
the national championship game. Like, for instance, this year's national championship game is the 2021 national championship game when there's like going to be six games played in 2021. It was the 2020 season. I don't know why it's called the 2021 national championship. But anyway, that's besides the point. It it just makes no sense to me. This year should be the 2020 national championship, not 2021. Um, but <laughs> getting back on point, Notre Dame versus Alabama, um, rematch from the 2013 <laughs> national championship game where Notre Dame just, you know, didn't come to play at all. Got blown out in that one, you know, a couple years ago, um, getting blown out <clears throat> in the college football playoff game. I really think it's going to be different for this Notre Dame team, you know, exactly like 20 points. I really, I, obviously, I don't think Notre Dame is probably going to win the game. Um, I think this Alabama team is by far and away the best team in the country. Uh, but I think Notre Dame's going to be a little bit competitive. You know, they kind of knew when they were playing that Clemson game. Yeah, they didn't look great, but honestly, they didn't have to look great. And they knew they were still going to get a shot at the college football playoffs. Um, and they've just played extremely well this year. So I like Notre Dame plus 20. Um, I think they, they can cover that. Um, and you know, I would, I don't want to be proven wrong, obviously, but I just think the, the hype all against Notre Dame is just so strong. And I don't understand why Notre Dame, while they haven't had the greatest of games, I think they'll be all right in this one. So anyway, after all that rant and stuff, <laughs> taking Notre Dame plus 20 in the Rose Bowl. Um, now moving on to Saturday for college football. Um, we got a couple more bowl games happening today. We got first one we got the first one that we're on anyway. We got the Outback Bowl being played between Ole Miss and Indiana. Ole Miss plus eight in this one. Um, Ole Miss comes in this game at five and three. Indiana six and one. Um, and Indiana is actually seven and zero oh against the spread um, coming into this game. But Ole Miss has done a really good job putting up points, moving the ball. You know, forty point six seven points per game, fifty six point two eight nine yards per. Uh, per game compared to Indiana's 30.14 points per game and 357.86 yards. Um, and Ole Miss really just doing a good job not holding on to the football, not fumbling, only 0.44 fumbles per game, um, fumbles lost per game, that is, and Indiana 0.86 fumbles lost per game. So I really like Ole Miss in this one. I think Lane Kiffin, he's just a fun coach to watch. I mean, when you're giving eight points to them, you know, while this Indiana team, not a bad team by any means, um, I really think just the SEC versus Big Ten showdown here, I, I really like Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. Um, to cover that eight-point spread in that one. Um, and the final college football play of the card, and uh, probably really, I guess, besides the national championship, um, probably the last bowl game <laughs> that we're going to be betting on this year, we got Oregon versus Iowa State. Um, Iowa State, four-point favorites in this one um, in the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Um, Iowa State comes in this one as eight and three, Oregon four and two. Um, Iowa State really good job moving the ball this season, four hundred forty one point oh nine yards per game, while Oregon four hundred twenty nine point six seven yards per game. Um, and Iowa State also a good job uh, time of possession thirty two point thirty two, um, thirty two minutes thirty two seconds time of possession. Um, Oregon twenty seven minutes and forty seconds time of possession. And this Iowa State team, especially in the Big Twelve, did a really good job not turning the ball over. Only one point two seven turnovers per game. Oregon on their head two point two turnovers a game. And Iowa State also a good job just not making stupid mistakes. You know, only five point eight one penalty or five point one eight penalties for forty four point six four yards compared to Oregon's six point three three penalties for forty for fifty four point three three yards. Man, I cannot talk. Um, but you know, this Iowa State team just looking really good. Brock Purdy. Um, great quarterback. So definitely like Iowa State minus the four to close out the Bulls. Now moving on to the NFL, let's take a little bit uh, look at kind of what happened over this past weekend before we get into uh, some Week 17 picks. 
Um, as always, got to start out with the Cardinals. Very, very disappointing loss against the 49ers. Um, I didn't think it would probably be a blowout for the Cardinals by any means. I, I figured it would be a pretty close game. But I really wasn't expecting that. You know, the Cardinals just struggled on offense um, to get anything going. Really weren't moving the ball well at all. Um, just a really a very disappointing game um, all around for the Cardinals. You know, knocked them out of playoff contention there for a little bit. Um, and Kyler goes out at the end of the game with a leg injury. Hopefully that um, isn't long-lasting. Hopefully he's able to play this coming weekend because <laughs> Cardinals beat the Rams this weekend. doesn't really matter what happened in that 49ers game because basically Cardinals win and they're in, the playoffs lose and they're out. Um, and with uh, Jared Goff going down, um, breaking his thumb against Seattle in that loss, John uh, Warfold will come in for the Rams, um, giving Cardinals just an even better shot. Um, currently, there's no betting line out for that game. It opened at five and a half when Goff was in. I would guess with uh, Warfold, I would guess if it's Murray Warfold, um, it'll probably be pretty close to a pick 'em um, in that game. I, I don't know what it would be if Stevler <laughs> Stevler Warfold would be a hell of a game <laughs> for the Cardinals. But um, anyway, definitely hoping the Cardinals can get that. Um, yeah, I don't know how we're gonna do in the playoffs. You know, my goal. At the beginning of the season, was just get a winning record. You know, I wasn't even worried about the playoffs. Just get to nine wins, and well, turns out if we get to nine wins, um, we'll be in the playoffs. So, just hoping to win this game, and then we'll go from there and see what happens. Um, but one team that it, their playoff hopes are kind of set in stone, I guess. Um, the Steelers um, have decided to bench Big Ben going into this game in favor of Mason Rudolph, which kind of sets up a scenario that I am extremely hoping for because if the Steelers lose this game the Steelers and the Cardinals will both have the exact same records that they had in going into Super Bowl 43 if they both make it to the Super Bowl Super Bowl 54 being played in Tampa the exact same you know it just sets up for such a perfect ending uh would give Larry such a great <laughs> great game to get his revenge and retire and yeah well I'm hopeful and probably just delusional Cardinals saying <laughs> wishing for that that is that is exactly what I want um, as a late Christmas present for sure. I would love to see the Cardinal Steelers Super Bowl. That would just be absolutely amazing. But anyway, getting a little ahead of myself there. Um, as far as the rest of the NFL goes, <clears throat> we saw in the Dolphins game, Tua Tagovailoa benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I just don't understand this situation at all. I don't understand what Brian Flores is doing. I I get it. If you want, pick just pick a quarterback. It doesn't even really matter which one it is at this point. If you think, if you want to win games right now, then put Ryan Fitzpatrick in and see how far you can go in the playoffs. If you want to develop your future franchise quarterback, then keep Tua in the game. Obviously, he's a rookie quarterback. He's going to make mistakes. That's the whole point of putting your rookie quarterback in the game. You don't put a rookie quarterback in the game um, expecting to go make a deep playoff run. You know, it's not Dan Marino <laughs> on the field. So I just don't understand what the Dolphins are doing at all with their quarterback situation. Um, but one team that's kind of locked in their quarterback situation would be the Jacksonville Jaguars with the Jets' win over the Browns this past weekend. The Jaguars have now secured the number one overall pick, um, which is undoubtedly probably going to be Trevor Lawrence. You know, Trevor Lawrence has basically been the guaranteed player to go in the number one overall in the 2021 draft for like the past three years, you know, ever since Trevor Lawrence stepped on the field at Clemson, people have been talking about him. Um, so Jaguars lock that up. Um, be shocked if they do anything except take Trevor Lawrence. Um, another team that's locked stuff up. Chiefs lock up the bye 
in the AFC over the weekend. Um, kind of a rough game for them against the Falcons. Definitely didn't look as smooth as they probably wanted to. But to be fair, it's the Chiefs. And let's be honest, their season really doesn't start until the playoffs start. You know, basically just a cakewalk, it seemed, through the season for the Chiefs. Um, which is an insane thing to say, considering they're going to be, well, 15 and... Yeah, 14 and 1 at the moment. Uh, probably 15 and 1, unless they just rest everyone and somehow lose to the Chargers. But, you know, the 17 playoff scenario is just making a lot of excitement for this season. Um, and we learned over um, that the, the 17th game, well, or 17th game coming next season, looks like it might be in a little bit of question. It does look like it's apparently going to be happening. So that'll definitely be even in a bigger, interesting wrench to throw into the system next year. What happens with the 17th game and a 17th playoff when we get all that together? So definitely going to be a fun season next year. Um, but that's enough as far as all the NFL news goes for this past week. Um, getting into the NFL p- picks for week 17 um, of the 2020 season. The first game we got, we got the Cowboys minus three against the Giants. Um, and the Cowboys teams kind of come out of nowhere. You know, Cowboys uh, nine and or six and nine on the season. Giants five and ten on the season. The Cowboys team, the last few weeks here, surprisingly gets some surprising wins. You know, just looking like a better football team. Looking like, honestly, one of the better teams in the NFC East at the moment, the Giants, you know, while they did rattle a few wins together there, that Cardinals game, everything after that just kind of went down the drain. They've looked like an absolute terrible team um, ever since. You know, the Cowboys putting up 25.707 points per game. Giants only putting up 17.13. Um, and Cowboys moving the ball very well, 376.13 yards per game. Giants only 267.2 yards per game. So, you know, Giants need to win this game in order to keep their divisional playoff hopes alive. So, going to take the Giants minus three in that one. Um, next game we got, we got the Steelers plus 10 versus the Browns. Now, Mason Rudolph is going to be starting for the Steelers in this one. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a little bit different game. Hard to predict exactly what's going to happen. But the Steelers team, I don't think they're going to be resting everyone. I think that they... A win here would would help them, I and mean, it's not going to hurt them. Um, and I do the Browns, you know, coming to this game ten and five, um, and they definitely need the win to stay alive. Um, you know, they could be eliminated if they end up losing this game. But you know, Steelers have been putting up twenty six point two seven points per game. Browns twenty five point six, um, and also just a very good job of moving the ball up and down the field for the Steelers. 246.33 yards per game compared to the uh, Browns two hundred and twenty four point eight seven yards per game. Um, now Steelers just done a good job limiting stupid mistakes. Only 5.27 penalties for 44, 45, that is 0.7 yards. While the Browns 6.4 penalties for 56.73 yards. So, well, the Steelers are going to be a little bit different team, you know, resting some starters, resting big Ben and whatnot. I do like the Steelers plus the 10 points in that game. Um, and moving on the final play for the NFL week 17 card, uh, final play for the NFL regular season is the Packers minus five and a half versus the Bears. Um, Packers come in this game at 12 and three and Bears come in at eight and seven. Um, and while this game doesn't matter as far as the Cardinals go, it does matter for the Rams. Um, if the Bears end up losing this game. Um, the Rams make it into the playoffs. Otherwise, they, um, even with a loss, um, Rams or Bears come into this game having scored 23.73 points per game. Packers a little bit better, 31.6 points per game. The Packers are really doing a good job moving the ball up and down the field this season, 393.86 yards per game compared to the Bears, 326.8 yards per game. Um, Packers also done a good job keeping their offense on the field, 33 um, minutes and 6 seconds time of possession compared to the Bears, 30 minutes and 8 seconds time of possession. 
Um, and one of the, the Packers does a really good job not turning the ball over. Only 0.6 turnovers per game compared to the Bears, 1.33 turnovers per game. So I definitely like the Packers um, to cover that five and a half point spread um, to close out week 17 of the NFL season. And yeah, that about wraps it up for episode 17 of the Hot Tip Bet podcast. Uh, looking here at the recording time, uh, it appears to be the longest podcast um, to date. So I um, kind of expected that, you know, with a kind of basically shoving two shows together here, um, since it is uh, still kind of for the holiday weekends here. But next weekend, we will be back to our normal schedule posting Tuesdays and Fridays, so be able to get a little more up-to-date information for some of those weekend college basketball games. Um, but if you're looking for picks, um, for my picks, for the computer model picks, um, head over to the website, hottipbest.com. Um, daily, we got horse racing, college football, college basketball, NFL, NBA picks are up there um, for that season that just started. Um, NHL picks will be um, back up there here come January 13th or whatever the, um, that start date is. So um, definitely take a look at that. Um, and also take a look at the records. You know, I kind of redid how a lot of that is. So, you know, you can now filter it and stuff by seasons and whatever and see past histories um, and whatnot for that. So go take a look at that. Also take a look on the website. Um, college basketball rankings are up on the website. Um, the new, like, I guess, official, no, whatever you want to call it, top 25s drop Monday. Um, but the actual things are updated every day. If you just click on rankings and then click on college basketball up at the top, you can get to those. Um, and we also have the NBA rankings that are updated daily on the website. I'm working on getting all the sports, all of my, my backend rankings, I guess, that I, that I use to make the picks, um, on each of these games for the computer model picks. I'm working on getting those rankings, um, all up on the website, but it takes a little bit of time for each sport because I kind of got to go um, back through and redo some stuff to make it, <laughs> make it, I guess, uh, user friendly to be able to look at on the website. So those will be coming um, here in the next few weeks, hopefully. Um, and yeah, if you want to see obviously full results for all the podcast picks, all the computer picks, all the picks I give on Twitter, all of that is up on the website. So definitely go take a look at that one. Um, and if you're not already following Hot Tip Bets Chris um, and the Hot Tip Bets account, on Twitter and Instagram, make sure you go do that. Um, you know, also follow Hot Tip Bets on Facebook, TikTok, um, all of those accounts to stay up to date on all the happenings in the Hot Tip Bets world. Um, but that about wraps it up for episode 17 of the Hot Tip Bets podcast. So I will see you guys all next week.